The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, Ashley Larkin, the TV chef and the mindful eating coach, is back with me. Seasonal eating. That's what we're talking about. Christmas. Yes, we are going festive. We're going to have to do it eventually. Let's do it today. S- yeah, we're going to stage it out because there's a lot, you know, so we're going to break it down bit by bit for people, get them super organised. And today we are going to talk about the turkey and the ham and the stuffing. Let's get the foundations right. What do you have for breakfast on Christmas Day? Oh, now that's a question. Yeah. I don't think a guard would ask me that. Um, I have a very eclectic Christmas Day breakfast. Right, okay. I love breakfast. Um... I have scrambled eggs, smoked right. salmon, something bubbly like Prosecco or champagne. For breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then there's a little bit of chocolate always thrown in there as well. And then we go on to dinner. My God. I thought you were going to say Cheerios maybe or special cake. Anyway, <laughs> no. anyway. All right. Okay. That was a bit unfair because um, we're not here to talk about Christmas breakfast or brunches, Christmas dinner. So I guess it's the easiest thing to go through all the component parts bit by bit. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll break it down. We'll do turkey ham stuffing today and get get those bits right. Right, let's start with the bird then. The bird, the turkey. So, yeah. Never cooked one. Have you not? No, I've never cooked a turkey. Are you cooking this year? Uh, no, not cooking this year either. Oh, you're Why should my mother still alive? You're very lucky, you're very lucky. <laughs> Treat her well and be sure you say a big thank you because genuinely for the people who have to cook Christmas dinner and I know, right, I'm not catastrophizing this, it is just a roast dinner, right? I get that and if you're doing it just for your own family then it's fine. I think the pressure comes in where you're bringing other people and it's, you know, the numbers and it's the volume of people that kind of come and the turkey, I suppose, is the it's the crown, it's the star of the show that comes dressed to the table. So, do you be- like it? I do like turkey. I do, do you cook turkey other times of the year? Um, I I, I love turkey mince, turkey right. steak sometimes. Yeah, okay, yeah. But actually doing a bird, turkey bird, no. Like no. if that's reserved for Christmas, like a gorgeous big chicken, yeah, fab, but turkey for Christmas. What breed of turkey should you be using? So the best, top class, creme de la creme, you are talking bronze turkey. Okay. So these are the guys that have kind of blacked to the front. They've got these bronzy feathers at the back. Um, you're talking organic, you're talking free range, like beautiful. So these are the guys who are outside kind of roaming around. They're beautiful class of bird. They're a little bit more kind of gamey in terms of their flavour. Really succulent though. So people will buy them for that kind of slightly richer meat and that kind kind of um, succulence that comes with them. Now you're talking for about a 5 kg bronze turkey. You're probably talking like 60, 70 euro. Um, whereas you go to a kind of a, a more bog standard fresh turkey, mm. um, you're possibly talking like maybe 25 euro for the same thing. So there is a really big price difference. But it is kind of, I suppose, it's a big deal if you have a bronze turkey for Christmas. There's a difference in the meat. It's white and dark meat as well. What's that about? Yeah, so I suppose the white meat is the breast meat and then the dark meat is the active part. So you're talking the legs, the thighs, the wings. Okay. And that's basically just, they're the active parts. So they're, they've got more muscle, they've got more oxygen, more myoglobin. So they end up being a slightly darker meat. And a lot of people will prefer the darker meat because it has a little bit more flavour. Like in my mom and dad's house when we do Christmas dinner um, the turkey gets cooked and my dad will call me and we will have a wing each and like the wings of the turkey when they're just glistening Mm. in that fat oh my god they're fabulous I'm not a big fan now of uh, even chicken wings or thighs or I prefer the white for the white meat but when they're like straight out of the oven hot that's when the meat is falls off the bone they're delicious the and the crispy skin it's the crispy skin the skin off yeah. that's all I would eat and just eat, the, eat skin. the skin oh there the rest go. of it can go <laughs> what are giblets so the giblets are the innards you're talking things like the liver the heart the neck um, 
most times if you buy a, like a commercial, I suppose, turkey from the supermarket, they're not in there. But do an L check to make sure that this little bag, plastic bag of innards are oh, not sometimes still they in. stick a plastic yeah, bag full of them inside. In them. Yeah, because people like them to make their gravy. If you want to oh. go really, really, like I suppose, you know, traditional, you can make your own gravy, gravy. So you would roast those off in a roasting tray. You can even cut like the wings or the legs off the turkey, roast those with carrots, celery, onion, yes. bay leaves, roast those all up. And then kind of you pour water over the boil them up and mash it all down. And that will make you the basis for your gravy. So that's why people might want them. But if you don't want them, just be sure to like, don't burn them or cook them in the oven. So you've got your bronzed turkey um, and you're feeding however many it is. What are these steps? What's the process to get through? Um, You've got a couple of different things. I suppose there's many different variations. There's kind of a new thing recently people talked about which is brining your turkey. So the whole like you know like your seawater on it. No, so that's it's it's basically buttermilk. So oh. you use buttermilk. So there's lactic acid in the buttermilk and that tenderizes it. Mm. So what you would do is sit your turkey for a day or day and a half, two days in your buttermilk first, brine it, then pat it dry with your towel and the, like paper towel and then roast it in the oven as normal. A couple of different ways to roast your turkey. Now, the brining thing is quite an American kind of thing, but it is mm. coming over here because, like I said, what's the thing people give out about on Christmas Day? Oh, the turkey was a bit dry, a bit dry, the turkey was a bit dry. So that's what you're, as the cook, I that's find, what you're trying to prevent. I find if you keep yourself pretty well lubricated, you don't even, <laughs> you don't even notice if the turkey is dry. That's my experience anyway. Or gravy will save yeah, the day exactly. always. Um, um, so yeah, you want to okay. roast it. You can do a couple of things. You can either rub the butter under the skin that keeps it really moist, really juicy. You can chop up a little bit of rosemary, thyme, parsley into that butter, smear it all over under the skin and roast it. Um, there's another thing, which is a turkey bag. So these are available in all supermarkets now. Um, they're these kind of plastic bags, essentially, yes. that you put your turkey in, seal it up. So what happens is, as the bird cooks, it produces steam. So okay. it keeps the turkey really, really moist right. and juicy. So it's a really good trick. All right. Okay. So um, what's the general guide for how long to cook the turkey for? You are talking about, um, I think it's 25 minutes per 450 grams. Okay. And then you're adding on an extra 90 minutes at the end. Right. So yeah. what time are you get the turkey in the oven at? Early. Like early. It takes longer than people think. And top tip, if you're buying a frozen turkey, they take ages to defrost. Oh, yes. So rather than a normal chicken taking, you know, you take it out the night before, defrost it. A frozen turkey can take between 48 and 60 hours to defrost. So it about three days. Yeah. So like imagine if you take it out Christmas Eve thinking you're going to be ready for Christmas morning. Oh, no. Disaster. Oh, no. Okay, so I think we've done a good job though on the turkey. Success. I don't know what my mother makes all the fuss about. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on to the ham. So the ham. Ham I, is easier, isn't it? Ham is easier, yeah. Or rather... That's a bit unfair. It's it's harder to get wrong. It is. It's much more forgiving. Yes, the ham is it. much more forgiving. Um, you can boil your ham and then glaze your ham. So I suppose ham, traditionally, what you would do is you'd soak your ham the night before or steep your ham, okay? And this was kind of a thing that you did maybe 20 years ago or so. And um, By the way, it's still done in my house. My my dad has is the master of cooking the ham okay. and there's very strict rules to be followed and he would always steep the ham. What you're trying to do is draw out the salt. So the ham is basically pumped with a brine which is salt, water, nitrates um, 
and you sometimes that can give you a very like it's cured obviously for preservation and the saltiness gives it a flavour mm. but you don't want too much of a salty ham no. so the reason you would steep it is to dry out some of that salt before okay. you cook it um, a lot of times now people would say just steep it for half an hour before you cook it then you want to boil your ham make sure you have a big enough saucepan to cook your ham like a two and a half kilo ham will feed six to eight people for one day you won't have many leftovers left off that but if you have, like, think in your kitchen of your biggest kind of saucepan, your big pasta saucepan that you have, on average, that's about a five litre saucepan. A two and a half kilo ham will just fit wow. in that big saucepan. Be sure to get a big enough saucepan. Um, I have seen on Christmas Day hacksaws come out to cut hams that were too big to try and fit them into saucepans. Oh, I cutting the raw ham. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been testing, testing Christmas mornings on occasions. Oh. Just make sure you, you get... you feel the, like a pathologist, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's what, that's what I'd like to cut into human flesh, I'd say. I mean, that's one word for it, yeah. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. What awful start of the day, hacking into the cold I ham. Know. So plan. Make sure you get the right size ham and the right size saucepan. And I know it sounds like a small thing, but genuinely, that can be a disaster. So when you boil your ham, again, you want to refresh it. So cold water, bring your boil, bring your ham up to the boil. You can add, again, things like your celery, your bay leaves, um, peppercorns, mm-hmm. onion, Bring it up to the boil. Sometimes you'll see almost like a little kind of a scum, a little grey kind yes. of foaminess on the top. You can either skim that off or bring it to the boil, chuck out that water and then refresh it. So okay. put fresh cold water in, bring it to the boil again. You can do it once, twice, three times over the cooking of the ham. That's your ham boiled. If you want to be prepared, do that Christmas Eve. So get your ham cooked Christmas Eve night. What about people who cook it in Coca-Cola and stuff? Yeah, so Nigella made this really famous. Um... It's a bit faddy if you ask me anything. Your dad's not cooking it. He is Coca-Cola. not. And I can, can tell, tell you, you if he came to my house and saw me cooking a Coca-Cola, there would be cadet, war. Not even cadet cola. <laughs> Nothing. I suppose the theory behind it is, right, that cola has um, flavours of vanilla and lime and orange and all of those flavours go really, really well with a ham. Um, and there's a couple of things. So it has the sweetness. So the sweetness counteracts the saltiness. That's your number one reason. Okay. Number two Cola has acid in it, so that acid may potentially tenderise the ham a little bit. And again, it's that kind of flavour pairing. Like, it's really popular. A lot of people will cook their ham in cola. I prefer to boil it like we did and then glaze it in the oven. And a lot of okay. people are afraid of that glazing stage. Um, really simple. Boil your ham the night before. Mm-hmm. Allow it to cool down. And then it's it's basically cutting this like diamond pattern, scoring this diamond pattern into it that we see. And it goes beautiful yeah. and glazed. The mistake that people make is they don't know that that first layer of what you see that looks like fat is actually rind. And you'll never score that. That will never go beautiful and rendered down and crispy. Okay. So you've got to like cut that off cut first. Cut that off. And then you want to leave about a centimetre, two centimetres of fat. Too much fat and it won't crisp up. And then score your diamond pattern. Little couple of cloves dotted in the, the, mm-hmm. the peaks of the diamonds. And then a really simple glaze. And I've been doing this for years. Six tablespoons of marmalade. Okay. Six tablespoons of whiskey. Yep. Three teaspoons of Dijon mustard. Okay. One teaspoon of honey. Teaspoon of sea salt. Spread that over your ham, okay. put it on a tray on parchment paper or tinfoil yes. because it does caramelise and burn and you don't want to be scrubbing that tin on Christmas Day. Bake that in the oven for about 45 minutes. You will have the most beautiful glazed ham and it is just delicious. Oh, sounds delicious. We are missing one vital ingredient though in our dinner, the stuffing. Probably the favourite part for a lot of people. Oh, What's your so favourite part? 
Um, you know, I love Brussels sprouts. You know that. Yeah. I really, really love Brussels sprouts. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I think my favourite part of Christmas dinner is actually just eating it cold out of the fridge later that night. I love, I love getting a cold roast potato, dipping it into cold gravy and just eating it like that. It's amazing what you learn about people when you learn about their food habits, isn't I'm it? I'm looking you. at you in a whole new light now. Telling you, but people, are, feel free to try it. I could I be found walking around with a cold gravy boat at a certain oh, point no, on Christmas night. Oh no, I couldn't night. do that. No, and, a few, and about three or four roast potatoes in my hand, just eating them like, like they're a bag of crisps. Delicious. Yeah. I'll give it a go. Well, do I'm it. not do averse it. to that. So anyway, stuffing. <laughs> stuffing. Um... There's two main types of stuffing. You've got your typical buttery breadcrumb stuffing, mm-hmm. which is your breadcrumbs, melted butter. You've got your beautiful sage, rosemary, thyme, parsley, a little bit of onion in there. And then that's roast in the oven. You can either put it in an oven tray, bake it separate, or you can stuff it under the skin of the bird or into the cavity. There's yeah. been a lot of controversy over the years. Do you stuff it into the cavity or don't you? It's still kind of up in the air but the, the idea would be get yourself a thermometer okay. as long as it registers that it's 72, 75 degrees in the centre the same as your turkey you're, you're okay, okay. Um, the other one then is your sausage meat stuffing so, Lo- lovely there's too much going on on Christmas Day dinner I feel if you have sausage meat stuffing that's my that's my own humble opinion I agree Yeah. do you? I do oh, there we are wholeheartedly I yeah. much prefer a plain stuffing yeah Save your breadcrumb, save your, your your pork one, your sausage meat one for another day. If you do want to do it though, you can make it into stuffing balls. So roll them into little stuffing yes. balls, brush them with butter, get them beautiful and kind of roast in the oven. Ooh. You can do a terrine, line it with streaky bacon, pack it all in and it's like a loaf that comes to the table. But again, I'm like you, I don't feel the need for that. A little bit of the buttery, crummy stuffing. Delicious. Oh, I don't know now. The way you described that, I, f- I could see myself seven or eight o'clock Christmas night <laughs> dipping those cold stuffing balls straight into the cold gravy. In they go. <laughs> the, the Delicious. Um, oh, listen, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to Christmas. Are you looking forward to Christmas? I am. I really Good. am, yeah. Well, some great advice there for people who are actually cooking Christmas dinner this year, unlike me. Ashing, uh, pleasure as always, and we'll talk to you again at the same time next week. Ashing Larkin, TV chef and mindful eating coach. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.